Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy our 50th episode and two-year anniversary episode. I am joined here by the boys, Chaudens and Onerman. Gentlemen, two years, 50 episodes. Congratulations. All around, handshakes, everything virtually. How are you feeling? Happy, super happy that we're doing 50. We're doing the second year. Wow. What a journey. Wow. I'm getting emotional already. I can't believe Football Genshin is already two years old. And the, I think yeah. it's wild to me. And the fact that we put out 50 episodes in exactly two years is crazy. That means we averaged like an episode every other week for two years. That's that's wild to me. Um, but yeah. Living on three, four different continents at the yeah, same time. Right. Uh, well, we're doing it. And we will continue to do it. And so thank you to everyone who has supported us these past two years. Thank you for everyone that follows us, that uh, likes our posts, that likes our Instagrams, that shares our podcast, that does all that. Because it really, really, it means a lot to us. And it means a lot to our mission, which is, of course, to help Armenian football grow in the English-speaking world. Um, to kind of give it a little bit more um, of the attention we believe it deserves. Um, so, yeah, 50 episodes, two years. And growing strong and hopefully and we keep getting <laughs> i'm surprised you guys aren't sick of us yet but <laughs> <laughs> one thing we started man. we're not gonna we're not gonna pay the seven dollars for the dominant blue check mark yeah we're not we'll earn it <laughs> we'll clarify um, that from exactly. now well technically we can't even earn it anymore <laughs> the, the, like that's so shitty like we were working we were we were working really hard towards getting verified and yeah. Well, that's not happening. So anyway, this episode will consist of a few parts and it's going to be a very traditional football game show episode, uh, but it's just going to be our 50th. So we will start, of course, at home in the Armenian Premier League. Um, the league is in full swing. I believe we are nearing the winter break uh, with a few more match days only left to go before a long pause until March. Um, and Urardu sit on top of the league uh, currently with 12 wins, one draw, and two losses, gathering 37 points with a plus 20 goal differential. Dimitri Gunko, who was let go by Arara Armenia and signed by Urardu, uh, have been flying high. Um, question for you boys to start this off. Is this going to be sustainable going into the second half of the season, knowing now that all the attention off of other competitions are out of the picture, can Urardu keep it up and win the league? I don't know, but uh, yeah, you mentioned a great point, actually. Punic that has two games in, in hand uh, that should play. Uh, two games, Ararat Armenia won. But still, they're looking pretty good. I mean, if, if they don't win the league, they're definitely going to finish top three and and they're looking a really really mature team like mostly armenian mostly youth but still like they're they're at that perfect uh chemistry and maturity point which even if they don't win it they're gonna do pretty well in europe and 
And I expect them to make a solid run in Europe. Chadens, you got to spend some quality time with uh, the, at Urardu. You went to a couple of games this season. Based off of what you were seeing, do you think they can make it all the way? Well, they've been playing better than what I saw them do because it was in the beginning of the season. They were testing it out. They they have earned the top the top four the top four. They're definitely gonna stay there. It's it will be very it will be a big downfall if they if they somehow go below the fourth position. Uh, they 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 highly likely covered. Europe for next season. It's a bit early to say, but like you said, the the winter break is coming, and to be on top of the league in the break, the winter break is pretty big. It is big indeed, and in oh, second, they're twenty points. Like they they're twenty points away from the fifth place. Yeah, and they're also thirty. There's a thirty-two point gap between top and bottom of the table too, so it puts it into perspective. And and we were talking last episode about packs, right? About how there's a middle pack, a front pack, and a back pack. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> so, and the the this this top of the table currently is uh, three sides, I would say: uh, Urardu, Alashkert, and Arda Armenia. Uh, and Punic are behind, but they have a couple games in hand, um, which if they were to win they would close that gap and, and they would be part of that, that group that are fighting for the title. Uh, and surprisingly in the middle of the table, growing strong, uh, Lerna and Artsakh, who drew with Punic actually today uh, on 19 points. Uh, so they're actually having a very, very good uh, inaugural season in the Armenian Premier League. And if we go to the bottom of the table, uh, we have FC Noah still at the bottom on five points and Bekma with seven points right above them. Uh, it looks like those two are probably going to be scrapping it out. Uh, for the bottom, but we'll see what happens. Uh, any thoughts, gentlemen, on the APL? It's just a shame that the two bottom clubs are Bukamai and uh, Noah. I like them. But at least we have only one relegation. Yeah, and sometimes they don't even get relegated. So. <laughs> true, true. Man, well, I love Armenian football. Moving on. Uh, to European competition. Uh, European competition group stages wrapped up this past week in the UEFA Champions League, Europa League, and Conference League. Uh, we will start at the top-tier competition in the UEFA Champions League, where we have one representative uh, in Henrik Mkhitaryan, who plays for Inter Milan, and they have gone through in what was considered the group of death uh, with Barcelona and Bayern Munich and uh, Victoria Pilsen, <laughs> the unlucky fourth club that got into that group. Um, at time of recording, we do not know who Inter are going to play in the, in the knockout rounds. Uh, I think we'll know tomorrow. So um, you'll know <laughs> by the time this comes out. We don't know what's going on right now. but Yeah, we're all going to be... <laughs> we're just randomly just assuming some random teams at this point. Yeah, so um, I think it, it just, you know, throwing this out there, Chadens, Inter, Milan, how do you assess their capability of winning the Champions League. Do you think they can do it? Oof, tough question. Um, if they can win the Champions League, it'll be very, very difficult. There are many teams that are very consistent. Uh, Inter, Inter, in the league, they have not been so consistent, 
But in the Champions League, they managed to do very good things and they could have done better. Um, I'm pointing out to the last episode when we mentioned the last pass to Mkhitaryan. Shame on that guy who didn't do it. Uh, but they can go far. They can go far. It, it would be really cool, I think, yeah. to see Henrik win the Champions League. Not only because, of course, it's the Champions League and an Armenian hasn't won it yet. Um, mm. An Armenian national team player, Ahmed. Well, I'm going to correct you before. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to null that that correction you were going to throw in. Mm. Um, uh, and, and he would actually make history even further because he's also won the Europa League with Manchester United. He won the Conference League with AS Roma. So if he wins the Champions League, he'll be the first player to win all three. So wow. think about that. Moving on. Uh, one step below in the UEFA Europa League. Uh, Armen, your boy, Gorman Velian, uh, and Nantes are through somehow, right? I don't, I, don't, I don't really understand how they even made it through. Every single time I checked their scores, they were just getting their asses kicked. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, they got what they should have, uh, which is win, beating Olympiacos. Um, they beat the um, Aliyev club once, the Aliyev Dictatorships club, the, which was one for the Aliyevs and one for none. So it was on the head-to-head, it was tied. They, and making a little uh, play with word, it was tied with them and the group was tied. I mean, it was really tight because uh, they had to win Olympiak, they had to beat Olympiakos twice and uh, I think they did and it was the most important. When you win, like when Inter beat uh, Barca, like uh, that was the key for them, for Inter to make it through. They had to beat Barca and they did, Barcelona. Uh, doesn't matter, they didn't beat Bayern Munich. And uh, Nantes did the same thing in a different competition, different group. They didn't do well against Freiburg, the German team, which went like won the group comfortably, but not managed to make it through on second place. Unfortunately, our Atakti boy Manbelian is not playing for them, and the fans are going crazy because of that. Because uh, he is good, and the fans know it, uh, but the coach doesn't <laughs> clearly doesn't like him for some reason. He doesn't like many of the youngsters. Uh, and it's a great academy, which is why then their fans are going crazy about this coach. Uh, but we we think he should get alone. Like, if he didn't play this semester, then that's enough proof that he's not going to play for as long as this coach is around. So, uh, minimum, at the minimum, uh, alone for the next semester. Yeah, it's a little disheartening, but I mean... I think it was something that you had predicted early on in the season. And, you know, I think the hope was playing on multiple fronts, you know, the league, Coupe de France, yeah. Conference League, or sorry, Europa League. And it would, maybe he would get some minutes in the league, but it had, that hasn't even happened. So it's a little tough. It's a tough one to swallow for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, hopefully he, gets, he takes the hand. Yeah, hopefully. I would hope so. 
Moving forward one step down into the UEFA Europa Conference League, uh, where this is kind of where the good news ends um, for the most part, and and, uh, where things didn't really pan out as we had hoped for. Uh, First, we'll start out with Sargis Adamian and FC Köln. They were knocked out, um, the German Bundesliga side of the Conference League. Uh, Partizan Belgrade had a runaway victory with the group, and, uh, you know, despite... Sako's best efforts. I think the team just wasn't set up well, um, both offensively and defensively, um, especially defensively, I think I could say. And they, you know, felt the consequences. Um, similarly with Andre uh, and Silkeborg, who were, you know, despite having two crazy 5-0 wins over Stal Bucharest, uh, was not nearly enough for them to go through. And uh, now we have two of our Armenian national team players um, who are no longer going to be playing in European competition. Um, thoughts on that one, boys? Oh, it's unfortunate. I mean, yeah, Sako doesn't... It still feels like Sako Adamian hasn't quite made the transition he would have hoped for. And I don't know if he's going to stay at Kiern for longer, for, for way too long. I don't know. Uh, because he usually adapts quickly to to teams, and and uh, so far it happened. Uh, well, first before that, Jan Regensburg uh, in German third and second tier. Subsequently, as soon as he arrived there, he started scoring and assisting. Then he moved to Bundesliga with Hoffenheim. As soon as he arrived, scoring assisting. Then he was loaned to Bruges in Belgium, champion, a score, assist, everything. And now for the first time in Several several years, he is not the results and and stats machine he will have been for several seasons now. So I don't know how that's gonna affect his career. Maybe a move again. Um, as for Andre Chalisher, sad, but I don't know. Uh, their team is doing really well in the Danish Superliga. Um, when he's uh, they they actually concede a lot. Whether or not he's playing, uh, that's not that doesn't change. They're conceding a lot, but they're still winning, and uh, that's gonna be nice. Hopefully, um, more silverware for a player that's used to it. Yeah, um, I think just a quick thought on on the Sako situation. My concern is that FC Köln will let him go in the winter or just terminate his contract. But I mean, who knows? Um, uh, I I don't know, bro. That would be too soon. I think. I think he was signed as a reinforcement for for European competition, and now that they're not in it anymore, it's not. Yeah, like, it's not far fetched. Uh, clubs do that, but he is signed mm-hmm. to a long term. In Germany, deal. in Germany, it sounds a little far fetched. They don't do rash things like that too often. Yeah, we'll talk about rash things like that and the club that did do that. Um, moving on into. Probably the, the biggest group of interest for us in, in the Conference League, which was Group H, that involved not only uh, FC Punic of Armenia, but also Slovan Bratislava, where Tigran Barsevian plays and is, is, a, is, a, is a pivotal key player. Uh, Tigran's Barsevian Slovan are through to the knockout stages, to the round of 16. Uh, they bypass the, uh, the knockout playoff because they clinch the group, um, uh, despite Tico's absence. Uh, Barsegan broke his leg in training and he is going to be out 
for a very, very long time. I believe he's guaranteed to miss our March game against Turkey, um, mm-hmm. which I'm sure he's like, I'm sure that's probably the, the part that pissed him off <laughs> the most, out of, out of, you know, from everything here. Um, but he it's will. It's certain, right? Oh, yeah, March. Yeah, 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 yeah it's certain. Yeah. And, oh, and, my God. And, and he's certain yeah, to but miss. Yeah, but at least it's only one game. Yeah, and but he's also certain to miss the, the Conference League knockout first yep. round, so, which sucks for him. He's not going to get to experience something that, you know, he had yeah. a really big hand in in, in getting them to. Um, hopefully, bro, hopefully they keep making uh, making it through the, the competition and, and, Saco, and then Pico can be back by, well, and they yeah. can still be in competition by the time he's back. Yeah, hopefully. That, that's the hope. Yeah. Second in the group was FC Basel, also tied on 11 points, uh, who defeated Punic in the final match day 2-1, ending uh, Punic's historic run. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that right now. Uh, Punic ended the season uh, with six matches played, two wins, zero draws, and four losses, scoring eight goals and conceding nine uh, with a negative one goal difference. Um, it... It was, you know, really, I think, a campaign that went better than we had anticipated, Mm -hmm. uh, but also simultaneously disappointing because of how things uh, unfolded. The results could have been, like, monumental. Um, So, I think there's... Yeah, I would, like, sum it up as, uh, uh, taking your words, better than what we anticipated beforehand but worse than they actually did deserve in the end. Yeah, I and I think it, it, it's crazy to me that in, in every game, it, it, it was like we were watching the same thing unfold. It was like really, really strong start. Laps in concentration, concede a couple goals, fight back really, really hard, don't score enough. And and I think that was like the, 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 the journey. Um, and needless to say... Um, I think Melikian did a, a a really really good job. I actually think he did, in my opinion, things very correctly. And I think it just came down to the pl- the quality of the players on the pitch just weren't at the level that was necessary to accomplish what they needed. Um, one thing I would have changed though uh, is, especially after watching this last game against FC Basel, was I would I would have started Adas Ozbuis. Um, in more matches. I, I think he came off the bench in every European game, but I know fitness was like an issue at one point, but I think he's, I think he, he could have added so much more quality from the start. Um, elsewhere, I think the the three Armenian players, we had Hovanes uh, Harutunian, we had Dashan, and we had Yurchenko. Those were the three players. They started every game in the group stage. And and I think we should talk about those three uh, individually, one by one. Um, so we'll, we'll start with Haratunyan, who he, in my opinion, showed his standout talent. Standout season. Yeah, it, he was very standout, for sure. He had a great assist. Um, and he, he showed his quality, for sure. But I also think that he showed why he wasn't at that elite level yet um he disappeared a lot uh in in especially in that last game against basel and then the game against algiers that type of player yeah he he 
I think the pressure was, and I could see it in his facial expressions during the game. I, I think it was a little too much for him at that time. And and this is of course like a growing experience for him. You know, he has the most European minutes out of any Armenian national team player uh, besides Henry. I think the same as Henry Mkhitaryan, which is crazy. You know, and he's only twenty. Well, he's twenty three now, and and he still has a really yeah. a lot to show for despite, it. So. Despite what his face suggests. And I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on how to tune in. He's that type of player. I mean, he's a classic uh, enganche, we would call him, um, like a number 10, a classic, traditional, super talented, uh, doesn't move around a lot with the ball. Uh, like, I mean, in the sense of sprints, he does move around with the ball, but he doesn't sprint. Uh, he doesn't make runs necessarily. He's uh, a more passing type of guy. Uh, kind of like, yeah, a number 10 that sometimes goes missing uh, for ex- sometimes extended periods in a game and then can change a whole game with one touch. He's that type of player. Yeah, and as you said, he uh, that type of player usually is the one that does feel pressure more than their teammates. Um, he's very psychological, a, a psychologically influenced player. Yeah, but at the end of the day, 23 years old, standout season, one of the, the Armenians with the most European minutes uh, in a long time in one season. And of course, uh, he was highlighted by Dan Stankovic. I don't think we we mentioned that on air ever after the games against Red Star Belgrade. First time I'm hearing yeah, about exactly. it. That's actually awesome. We did tweet. I, I remember we tweeted about that, but we didn't bring it up on the sh- on the actual show. And uh, yeah, by the time we played uh, Red Star, granted they <laughs> kicked our asses. Uh, especially away in Serbia, 5-0. But still, uh, Dejan Stankovic was at that time the, their coach and, and he highlighted uh, Ovo as Punic's main, main main man. And, and, yeah. and uh, that's huge. Yeah, I, I genuinely believe he's going to get a, a solid move to like a top 15 league team. I, I really do. I think he's going to get not... Not like a crazy team, but like someone that plays in the conference league regularly, like that type of club. And and I think it'll be really, really good for him. Yeah. I think he, he's a player that in the national team picture can can contribute a lot more. Um, next up, Dashan, Artak Dashan, uh, it, who I'm going to dub to be the Renaissance man um, because this guy had like an insane career revival uh, with Punic. He has he came on. He was the first Armenian to score in the conference league. He was scoring banger after banger. He scored one against Ireland. Um, and, and he had a really, really good conference league campaign. But I think, um, again, um, I think he tried to lean too much into that, scoring long shots um, and, and, and that type of work. And and he really did try his best. And ultimately, I think um, his lack of, like, actual quality showed because he has this, like, this incredible work ethic and this incredible work rate. Um, and he's, he's, he's a not, workhorse. he's a workhorse. And, and I think um, when it came to playing against a opposition that had a little bit more natural talent, um, 
I think that's when you can notice the divide. But, uh, you know, I feel like this Artak Dashan Renaissance is probably coming to an end um, because I don't know how sustainable it will be at his age. But, uh, I mean, he's done he's done really, really good things for Armenian football in these past six months. I, I can comfortably say that and, and unexpectedly, too. Yeah, I, I don't know if unexpectedly. I mean, you remember how last season I was mentioning him every now and then because he was doing really, really well in Kazakhstan. And he was actually one of the reasons why I, like, not reasons, but his proof, his actual proof that the Kazakh League is a good place for Armenians to transition, like like Cyprus or, or Greece that still hasn't been discovered by the Armenian market or vice versa. I don't know. The Greek market hasn't discovered the Armenian one. I don't know how that works. But I think those are a few, like, there are like five, ten leagues that might be the key for Armenian football to thrive. And Kazakhstan is definitely one of them. Chadan's interested to hear your thoughts on Artak Dashan. Fully agree with you, boys. Uh, his role in Punic, uh, in Punic's, not just lineup and just overall in the squad, it it made a huge difference. Uh, not just not just him individually, but his his uh, his his entire performance in every single game, his 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 consistency, uh, his his energy. And, and the thing is, did a lot of dirty work too. Well, well, yeah. You, I mean, I'm not saying it's a great thing, but sometimes we actually complain how we don't have one of those players who takes that risky step, who doesn't, who doesn't, who doesn't do that that thing that's that's needed, the the the, the small details that are needed. And uh, alongside that, I I read and heard. Uh, of people saying how they were not expecting something like this from Dashan, looking at his age, looking at how many positions he's played himself, especially me. Mm. It was quite, uh, it was quite surprising, and it was, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, he's the the, the Armenian gross greats. Um. <laughs> the Armenian, no, and well said, yeah, it's yeah. a mix of gross greats yeah. and, and Benjamin Button. Uh, and Benjamin, yeah. That's it. And now the third and the third and final piece of the, the key um, core three Armenian players that were pretty much at the heart of this Punic team is David Yurchenko, um, who has been progressively regressing. I think is the <laughs> is the right way to phrase this. Yeah. Um, started out th- this campaign doing fairly decent. I mean, we had. Uh, two clean sheets. I think both victories were clean sheets, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct, Donman? 2-0 against Slovan at home, and then it was 2-0 against Zagiris at home, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and also the penalty kick shootout against Cluj. Uh, actually, another clean sheet against Cluj. I think that one was at home. Yeah, clean sheet against Cluj at home, and, and the penalty kicks uh, away. No, no, she started out great. He started out great, and then it just kind of got progressively worse. And I think the the epitome of what we're trying to um, of what we're trying to say here is is that second goal against Slovan away, the the one that kind of like uh, essentially sealed the the 
capitulation of this Punic side. And I'm just, you know, people were saying, oh, his boot ripped, you know, they had to tape it up and whatnot. But I think, or something like a poor back pass. But I think that too, but that can't be an excuse. I mean, we we discussed this time and again, how Yushchenko's foot game is, bad and and this was not the first time we've seen this this was just the first time it's getting noticed yeah and 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 i think you know going back to that back pass i just want to make a note real quick if you go back and watch the replay of that pass he had plenty of time i don't think that was a bad back pass i'm going to be honest i don't think it was um he had plenty of time and plenty of space he just fucked up i don't know what he did took his eye off the ball and and it just led to a second goal in and in, 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 in a matter of 60 seconds. And then even the first goal, I think he could have done much better. He dove the completely wrong way. I mean, it's like... Yeah. Uh, it, and it against was, Basel, the same. Yes, against Basel, the same. And, and I think it's... I think it, it's very difficult to talk about this because it's like, where do we go from here? Because it's, it's not like we have that much quality. And his backup is Bushnev, and it's like... And and I heard the commentators because I was watching oh. the Armenian stream of the Basel game, and the commentators were saying, "Well, you know, he Yurchenko conceded five against uh, uh, against Red Star, and and Bushnev came in and only conceded two. And I was like, okay, that may be true, but also they already scored five in the first game. They don't need to fucking score any more goals in the second game. <laughs> you know, it's uh, uh, there, there's the difference between away game and home game." I mean, yeah, there's a lot of agendas, bro. Sometimes uh, people push agenda without looking at a player's actual quality. Look at, at uh, Punic's two left backs before going back to Yurchenko. I'm, I'm still the floor for uh, sure, a minute. Yeah. Uh, they have two left backs, right? Juninho from Brazil, nice goal against uh, Zagiris, whatever. Uh, and his Substitute is uh, Kovalenko, the Russian. Uh, both suck with a capital S. Like, they're both awful. Juninho is even a little more talented with the ball, but his football IQ and positioning and marking and tackling, it's all off. And let alone his, his replacement is even worse. Like, they brought that other guy in from Russian third or fourth tier, I don't even know, like, same as Butchnev, and they found some weird Armenian ancestry in Butchnev, like, 164th of a grandmother, and and, and for the guy that played semi-amateur football in Russia, uh, why, like, why do they bring players like Spirovsky from, uh, like, one of the best uh, central midfielders in Macedonian football history, uh, they put, they brought uh, Alexander Gonzalez from La Liga, and then simultaneously in the same team they got these semi-amateur players. Like those are the things that bother me about Armenian football, man. But uh, going back to Yuchenko, I love him, but I think it's done. Um, as much as it pains me to say, especially considering his his replacement at both club and national team level. By the way, it's Butchnev. That's the replacement. That's awful. But I'm oh. a new coach coming in could could pick totally different keepers, and and I, I think that's what we're hoping. 
I don't know. Yeah, we've been hoping for that a long time, for a long time, and under different coaches. And that's the problem with Armenian football. Sometimes the problem is not the coach, but the the the, the system that I don't know who runs what. But like for instance, we had Grigor Matevosian last season. He was doing great at Noah. Uh, Gregory Grigor, I I Armenianized it. Uh, and he was doing great. He was in sick form, and he was completely ignored by the national team. Uh, we had Felix Verayan for like a month or two abroad at a good team, a good league. Like, okay, not at a good team, but they're, they're a traditional team, Oyevko. And and when he was playing, they should have capitalized on the momentum and, and flew him in uh, and flew uh, they should have flown or flown or whatever the verb is. And that's what bothers me as well. Sometimes we got good goal- goalkeepers that in, if they're in form, they are not called and they then they lose form and like disappear forever. And Armenia misses out on good goal- goalkeepers that might have helped somehow. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple of um, if we're th- normally we look domestically uh, for goalkeepers, and I believe at this point, I think one player whose name I've seen come up um, consistently is is this guy of uh, Vyashelov Grigorian, who is the goalkeeper yeah, for Lebanon Artsakh. Yeah. yeah, and and you know I haven't personally watched him play, so I can't really comment. But from people that I that I you know read who regularly watch the APL as well have had a lot of high praises for him. So he's only 23 years of age. I mean, it's, you know, yet he's to be from, seen, yeah. but... What are you saying, Norman? He's from Pinky. He's, ah. he's, like, uh, from the Russian team, and he was uh, brought in to the APL from Russia. He is starting to look like another Matevosian case. A good Armenian talent from Russia, goalkeeper, young, relatively young, uh, brought in to Armenia and starts to pick up form. I hope also, he doesn't follow on that case and he actually gets called up. Also, also funnily enough, he was also a Russia's under-20 goalkeeper. Uh, in 2018, he made five appearances. And then he was also in the PFL team where he made three appearances. So he was clearly uh, valued, I would say, when he when he was younger in Russia. Uh, a few years ago so interesting to see where that goes um but back to punic um we, so we have a couple notes here um about just how things progressed throughout this campaign uh and and i think um one one weird instance that that i didn't even realize i think it was until match day five was the fact that there's no var in the conference league and that led to Referees making horrible decisions um, against Armenian clubs and against Armenians, as usual, which is something we complain about a lot, and and VAR has fixed. Uh, But when there is no VAR and you're inconsistent in competition, um, things could have gone a lot different. I think we counted a total of, like, three missed penalty calls throughout this group stage, and that were, like, very, very clear and obvious. And one of them, the referee... Uh, was it? He called play on on a foul on the top of the box. And then the Punic player went into the box and got fouled again. And then he, instead of giving the penalty, he pulled it back for the free kick. 
which Jesus. is like which is like that's the stupidest thing I'd ever seen in my life. That's not like I'm I'm fairly certain the rules state that the penalty is like Trump's pulling it back for a free oh, kick. So that was like an appalling decision. Should. And and I believe that would have been a tying goal uh against Slovak, if I'm not mistaken. So that that's another great instance right there. And and I think um the referee decision is, is definitely one. Uh, Chadens, what's something in, in this campaign, kind of like a theme that you noticed? I thought about this uh, as an overall overall performance. Firstly, I don't exactly remember what uh, what I said about how the Punic's chances are going to be. Um, I don't remember when we started i think we said it after the group the group was confirmed um but i didn't check what i said uh i remember though that i didn't have high expect, uh, expectations for our armenian club however um turns out they actually did better than we expected the thing is overall punic did well like we wouldn't, we wouldn't have be, we wouldn't, wouldn't be able to see, uh, to 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 see something, uh, something big like this, an Armenian team playing in in Europe, like in a group stage, because usually we would know of Champions League and Europa League. Yeah. Conference League gave us this this chance. And yeah. Yeah. I agree. Alongside that. They, Punic individually, like individual players and small decision making was the the problem. But as an overall to Armenian football, it wasn't, it was a good result. It was a good result that they ended up playing in Europe in group stages, like in the same sentence, putting all these words. It's It's big. I agree. Um, and and Armin, I'll let you go on your on your rant that I know you're dying to go on <laughs> right. before before we get into the positive, which there was definitely positive aspects of this group stage yeah. campaign. Uh, there was a lot of positive aspects. Aspects. Um, Actually, player, I, I think that my rant is over though. <laughs> well, I was going to say I, about I, player quality. I think I know. I, I know you want to. Didn't you want to talk about player quality in in? Well, that, that, when I reference the left backs, yeah, that can extend to some other players like I don't know Fuchuk, that for some reason starts when you have uh, a good midfielders, central midfielders on on bench like Karatsuk from the Ukrainian Premier League, or well previously before him Najarian that had a fallout with the club uh, and left for Van, but Punic. The, does have that, yeah. The mixes um, is a picture of Armenian football in general, but more to the extremes. They have players like, as I said, Alexander Gonzalez, uh, Spirovsky, Ristevsky, Karatyuk, uh, and and some Armenians players like uh, Karabitian, uh, I don't know, Aras, Yuchenko. That players that you know have solid expertise and resumes, and they mix them with semi-amateur players. That's the main issue, I think. Not just for Punic, but for Armenian football in general. But yeah, we're... I think that's the worst part. Other than that, it was a huge season, bro. Let's start with the positives. Let's 
Let's turn that frown upside down a little bit. Yes, let us. So we'll each, I think, take turn saying a positive thing, just so I, I think the audience can get a, the full breadth of, of things that really went well. Um, Punic actually managed, if we're talking about head-to-head, -head, uh, to win the head-to-head -head with both Slovan and Zagiris. Uh, not just on goal difference, but also in terms of performance. Um, if we're looking at the games on their face value, Punic defeated each team once and lost to each team once. Uh, but also if we're talking about goal difference, you had two nils in the first game, and then you had 2-1, I believe, was the scoreline for both games uh, in the away leg. So on that aggregate, Punic won 3-2 on both occasions, um, which was insane to think about. And, and it's they played really, really well, not only at home, but I think, like we pointed out previously, lapses of concentration and individual quality is, is kind of what led to the, this downfall. But once they were able to like snap out of it and wake up, they were playing so good. Um, and I would say especially in that second half against Basel, was, that was some of the best attacking football I've ever seen an Armenian team play. And they only managed to score one goal, um, which was a shame. Uh, but for, yeah, that's that's a huge, huge point right there that, that Punic were actually even better than Slovan, who topped the group. They, they got the better of them, uh, which which I think is speaks volumes. Um, Chadens, what's what's a, what's another positive? Another positive was uh, that Punic scored in every single game. This this is brilliant in my in my uh, perspective because. I was not expecting something like this. I, I was assuming some uh, some games to concede a lot as with with Basel especially, but they did they did pretty well and they could have scored more obviously. I mean the 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 issues with the referee uh, they could have turned they, they could have turned the game around. However. Scoring a goal in every single game is something big. Our Armenian national team hasn't. There were some games that they were supposed to score and they didn't. So that's yeah, because. I, well, I think we know. had like a streak of like three games or four games or something that we hadn't scored a goal with the national team too. So like, like that's you said, scary. yeah, this is this is really really good. Um, that that's a really big positive. Ottoman, what's another positive takeaway from this? Well, um, this was like a positive that uh it's more mental and i like to highlight this i started to notice this halfway through the european season and as the games flew by and they the games went on it was crazy to see time and again punic ending the game in attack finishing strong uh whether it's winning or losing punic were always uh, attacking, pressing the opposition, and due to the nature of each game, Punic had always something to fight for, and that was crazy uh, to see uh, Zalgiris and even Slovan, but the craziest bit, uh, Basel, a continental big trademark like Basel, uh, actually scared and, and um, parking the bus both games against Unique, that's beautiful to see first. And secondly, it's an indicator of mentality of a team that's mentally strong 
that, yeah, as you said, uh, has lapses in concentration. And I would say the first half against Basel and um, the um, one of the halves against uh, Zalgiris in Lithuania, those were the only two halves of a game that Munich didn't play well throughout all competition. And, um, and it's crazy. I mean, this is a super important for Armenian teams to stay competitive, uh, whether it's club or national team, to stay competitive in every single game and finish the game strong. Whether you're winning and want to um, increase the goal difference mar- margin or whether you're losing and you want to get a result out of the game. It's, it's amazing. Uh, Melikian has done a wonderful job on that and, and of course on many other fronts as well, tactically, etc. But I think the mentality of this team is one of the biggest changes Melikian has uh, brought with him from Ukraine. And throughout all of his pressers, his conference, uh, press conferences, he hinted that he does intend to stay at the club. And at least myself, I don't know about you guys, but at least from my point of view, he should by all means in, 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 uh, stay in the club because uh, he's done a great job so far and you don't want to touch something that is not broken and that might bring even more success on the long run. I give it two more seasons and I say he can either take the team to Champions League group stages or a, I don't know, UEFA Europa League or UEFA Conference League uh, knockout stages all the way through. Give him like one or two more season stops and we're going to see a hell of a lot more improvement. Yeah, two things I want to note from there. The first one is is um, is the, that that fight that you indicated that how they ended and closed off every game. And I think that's like my chief complaint with the Armenian national team was that it in those final 10, 15 minutes, it looks like they never even tried. But this Punic team was trying very hard. Harutunian, Dashian, uh, everyone, Aras Ozgulis, everyone that came on, uh, uh, it, it was it, it was like incredible to see, you know, the motivation that these players had because, like you said, they were fighting for something. Um, and, and and two about uh, Melikian, and I really really hope he stays. And and I say this because longevity in terms of coaching in the Armenian league or with Armenian clubs in general isn't a thing, uh, which is a shame. And I think that. This would be it would be really good to see Punic break this cycle. It would really be good to see Punic qualify again um, for the Conference League or maybe for the Europa League or maybe for Champions League. Just, you know, get back into the group stages and and build on this success, because, you know, I thought and, and I think like many other people, we thought the first dynasty club would be. Adela Armenia, because how they came out guns blazing, they played so well, they got to the uh, Europa League playoffs twice, uh, it, they were they were headed by Vardanian, who, you know, is just historically just such a great Armenian manager, um, but this Punic team really, really... Vardan uh-huh. uh, Well, now they have Vardan Bajakshan. Oh, saying, Vardanian, Vardanian. Vardanian. Yeah, Vardanian. Yeah, Vardanian. Yeah, Vardanian. Um, oh. I, I combined it. No, no, I got you, I got you. Uh, telepathy. Uh, look, Punic already broke one of the curses, which was uh, winning and, and, and making it through the entire competition 
uh, with chances of making knockout stages. Uh, gradual progress, uh, and it's being made. Yeah, I mean, I think I would love to see two Armenian teams in the group stages next season of Conference League. I think to me that would be incredible. I mean, I think if, if Urardu can keep it up, and it would be great, or if Adela Armenia can do it uh, alongside Punic. But I think, uh, again, it's very crucial whoever wins the the Armenian Premier League, it's it's crucial that they make it to the Conference League group stages, uh, whether that is Punic again or not. Um, I suspect, I suspect that they will probably be up there by the end of the season, uh, but we'll, but we'll see. But again, I think just bringing everything back full circle, they exceeded all of our expectations for sure, and and I think yeah. we're very very glad we got to see an Armenian team really actually represent in the group stages, and hopefully next year they take it a step further. Um, yeah, and congratulations, Punic, for real. Congratulations. And and moving on and speaking of congratulations, we want to give a quick congratulations shout out to Norberto Briasco Balakian, the Armenian national team striker, for winning the Argentinian league with Boca Juniors. Uh, he wrapped that up after having a personally a very difficult season. And um, just want to note something that he said in his post-match interview um, about when... Uh, no, I didn't. Well, no, no, but uh, you want to you want to explain it? I think you would be able to explain yeah. it better. Yeah, he was asked like, uh, why? I mean, he was asked about Armenia and and uh, the national team and why he is not the national team, and he had already explained that uh, back in the day that he wanted to prioritize uh, his transition into Boca, and then yeah, it's not like he said. He has Armenia as a second priority, uh, but in a way we do know that's the case. But still, uh, he's not as dumb as to make it explicit. The quest, the real question is uh, now that he's back in good form and especially more importantly fitness, will he join the national team? That's the big question and. Now we got to jump into the national team because there's a lot to talk about, especially looking at South America for a change. We got three good national team prospects playing in big Latin American teams and the friendly window incoming this month, like in less than two weeks. Yes. Uh, so final topic of today's episode is the Armenian national team, as Armen just mentioned, uh, as of today, which is November 6th, 2022, Armenia still does not have a manager, and we are less <laughs> than two weeks away from our friendly match against Kosovo. I think we're about 10 days away at this at this juncture. Um, still don't have a coach. There are options out there. Um, I, I think I, I'm, I'm starting to get a little concerned um, because I, I think it would be, in my opinion, a waste of friendlies if we don't have a manager to try to implement yeah. a new system or to try out new players. Um, mm -hmm. We've speculated on who we think it could be. Uh, and I think, as I previously stated, I wouldn't want it to be Melikian. Not that I don't think he would do a good job with Armenia. I actually think he would. Because um, I think the motivational factor is something he's really, really good at. Um, and I think he would, he would give them that drive and motivation. But I think he's doing so well with Punic. I would want to see that continue. Um, 
But exactly. we've pointed this out previously that there is the Spanish connection, and we do know that some uh, managers were contacted. Uh, but there is also Michel Derzakayan. There is also Robert Arzumanian, who's currently uh, with FC NOAA, former Armenian national team central defender. Um, he is definitely an option. Um, but I don't know, opening up to you guys, I mean, what are you guys thinking? We're 10 days out, no manager, not looking that great. I don't know. Uh, whoever comes, I just wish uh, new players. I wish to see more young blood. That's my main interest here. Well, speaking of players, there are a couple players uh, we know will not be joining, uh, no matter what. Uh, Hovana Sambarzumian is currently injured. Uh, Chadens, what is his injury? I, I didn't really read anything about it, but I just yeah, saw Yeah, I'm it. not sure as well, actually. I, I checked uh, several times. I, I, I checked. Some, the, the place that I read from just says he's injured. He's just going to be out for a while. That's all it says. I didn't... I didn't spot anywhere where it said what's the exact problem. Mm. So he's going to be out. I don't know until when. So. Along with him, we have uh, Edgar Babayan, who is going to be sidelined for a while too, right? Uh, Armen, what was his injury? Uh, yeah, I don't remember the injury either. I think it was something with the leg, the knee, something like that. I don't know. It was. I don't think it was an ACL. But uh, I know it was a big injury, at least until, again, uh, until February or something. Uh, good thing the summer, the, well, the winter is coming up. So he won't, like, these players are not going to miss a lot of games. But going back to Hovo Ampatumian for a minute, he's old. I think it's about time we start thinking about long-term replacement because uh, it's not getting any younger. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, um, if, we, if we start getting on that topic, episode 50 is going to be also called 500-minute episode. So, <laughs> uh, uh, and, I think that be the case, by the way, with old players that get injured. Like when Horik Spiderman got injured time and again, or Chalashir, etc. We thought Armenian national team should, like if they were some half-sensible sens- uh, people, they should start calling up replacements for the long term and use the injuries as a wake-up call. Yeah, and um, uh, speaking of Jorge Paraman, he's also doubtful because he's missed the past five matches so far uh, for Rostov with an in, with another unknown injury. So he's def- probably not going to be there. Uh, and then Tigran Barcegan, of course, obviously with the broken leg diagnosis, uh, he's also going to be out. So... It's it's not looking too great right now um, in terms of those. But this also gives opportunity uh, to see other players, uh, to see young blood uh, injected into this team, especially in positions like right back and and the wings and central midfield, where we think um, we think changes are definitely needed. Uh, so, boys, we're going to open up the floor uh, to you guys, whoever wants to start first. Um, what? players would you want to see called up uh into this national team camp for the november friendlies uh this could be new players that have never represented armenia or it could be players that have played maybe one or two caps before um 
But who would you want to see call up? We'll start with one player. So, uh, Chadens, we'll start with you. Who do you want to see called up? For sure, I want to see any of the youngsters, any of the youngsters that Caparos uh, has brought on. And anyone, anyone I would be fine with. Specifically, I want to see Shagoyan play 90 minutes. I mm-hmm. want to see Shagoyan play 90 minutes for the first team, for the first uh, for the first uh, squad, I want to see him be the main player. And a, sec- a second name that I would really want for the same thing to happen is Tiopa. Both of them, I want to see them play full 90 minutes. Uh, them together, even not together, I don't mind. Uh, both of them are important names to me. Uh, Armen, a few players that you would want to see. I changed the criteria. I have so many. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know who you're gonna mention, so I'm not gonna say that. that no, no, you, say, say, you, you probably no, no. have you probably have a lot more to say about him than I do. So I think you should carry the South American contingency. I think that would be I a good know. idea. Yeah, I don't know uh, if I have more a lot to say, just because he's from the same area that I am uh, doesn't mean that I know him better yeah you know him he's personally a great also. player no <laughs> hopefully bro uh, it's not Balekian I do know Balekian but uh, and he would bring a lot to the national team but I don't know if it's going to join uh, but Nicolas Rossi Marashlian definitely he's definitely ready he's starting non-stop and scoring and assisting now as of late for Peñarol that's a South American giant uh, he's got everything. He's had the, the tactical awareness, the technical skills, and the physical pre- uh, preparation and build. Uh, he is as professional as professional can get, and that's not something that um, Armenian football has a lot. Like, uh, like can afford to have many of those kinds of players. And he is one of those. Uh, same case, by the way. And, and by the before moving on to other players, Nicolas is a winger, so I think it would be a good replacement for Tico and and Babayan. Um, but the same case as Nico happens with Najarian, that is currently playing in FC Van, that left Punic in a hustle, and then uh, a lot of extra football things happen there as usual in Armenian football with diaspora players. But Najarian is the same as Nico Rossi, but more defensive. He's a central back, uh, no, central mid, defensive mid, and, and full back. He is very versatile. I would say he's one of the best players in the in the APL that is making his rounds at fun because of how he left Punic. But he is finally getting form. And I'm sure that's one of the reasons why he left Phoenix. Another one of the names I would like to see at the national team, of course, Vasily Bostian from uh, Greek Unicos, 24 years old, defensive beast, like uh, a hound, like Karen uh, Muradian type of player. And we need those type of players. With the difference that he's five years younger or six than Muradian, and already on his second in a row season, playing at, at well, not technically not playing, but a staple at a with a top 20 league. And that's not something many Armenians can say, let alone defensive mid. So I got three off the top of my head. Great. 
Nice. Uh, good three. And, and I'm going to I'm gonna piggyback off your, your last pick. I want to see Pavel Gorolov play uh, in this window. Uh, I got them. Um, I got them. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I think he you know. has, he's played so far 13 matches in the Armenian Premier League uh, for FC Vaughn. And scored at the defensive goal. Not Jadion, yeah. scored an insane goal. Actually, Najayan has been playing left back also for fun, but we'll get into that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think, like I've said, defensive midfield is the area that I think we are the weakest at by far. Uh, we have zero depth in, in, in that department, and we do have depth. They just haven't been called up. Uh, Najarian and Garlov. Garlov also already mm-hmm. plays for the Armenian youth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's been... Now he is playing first-team football because he's loaned from Rostov to the Armenian Premier League, so he is you know, playing regularly. I think calling him up and giving him 90 minutes or two 45-minute halves in each game I think, will, I think will be really, really good, and I think we will mm-hmm. like what we see with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, can, I, can I connect one thing? Can I? Yeah, Adam, yeah. <laughs> I love this guy, and I, lo- I love Pavel, uh, like, not just because of how high I said and how good he is, uh, patriotic, good talent, young. The thing is that, as you said, he's only on loan from Rostov, uh, and he is still eligible for Russia. We know he would choose Armenia if it was up to him, and that's the thing. And that's the thing. I don't think it's up to him. Again, I'll, Russia, I'll say this again. He, he already plays for Armenia. He already plays yeah. for the under-19s. Rostov, like Rostov releases him to go play for Armenia. So I, I don't yeah, think yeah, that's yeah, but For Armenian youth national teams, that means he's still eligible for Rash, Russian national team. Yeah, yeah but he also plays in the Armenian Premier League. That means he's kind of yeah. already bonding. He's got the environment for yeah, 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 yeah. to convince but, him to come to the Armenian national team. It's, it's, yeah, but I understand it's not that they're... Transfer. It's not up to him. It's up to the club. And the club has to run things through the Russian FA, and that's what scares me. It's not that I think he would choose Russia. No, I think he would rather actually not play international football if he was coerced into well, playing knows. Russia or nothing. Huh? He's sure he knows. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he knows. And that's the thing. I don't think he should make his uh, international senior international debut this semester. For the same reason I mentioned to you guys in private, I think that he should only play or make his international senior international debut on a semester. Like, for instance, last semester or this semester, he should have made his national international debut. But Cap somehow didn't pull him up or I don't know for what reason. And that's the thing. We never fully know what happens behind curtains. But if he plays only one or two, two uh, games before any uh, market transfer uh, window, uh, and and he plays good. I okay. I know, bro. I know Russia, the Russian Federation or the the FA is gonna he, okay, have look. like they're it, they're gonna crap the defense. They're gonna like we need this kid. Fly him back home. And he's gonna fly big form to Russia. Wait, okay, look, or, look, 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 look. And, and they're gonna freeze him, and that's my worry. He should he, like the FA. Okay, the Armenian, he, okay here's yeah. okay, okay, here's my the thing. FFA should wait until next semester for him. Here's my thing. I mean, okay. they're they already let the train go once. Okay, let, okay. Now let me let me let me tell you why everything you're saying doesn't make sense. And they're just Okay, 
first of all, <laughs> you're, he's not. He will. He will never ever be thrown into a starting lineup in a competitive match, having not previously played. And it's, I this think it's not they, about starting or not. Listen, it's listen. I think. Caps. I know. I know it's about getting the caps. I understand that, but I'm saying we need him to actually be playing for us. And if he's, we cannot. What are we? I think. What are we going to do? Wait three or four years to see no. him play. Because they shouldn't you, have waited. That's the point. They should. I know have they shouldn't have waited. And, four, and there's no the opportunity. There's no opportunity in this in the Euro qualifiers to to do what you're saying because we don't play okay. more than two matches in a single window. So by that logic, we're not going to see him. We shouldn't see him play for Armenia for another two years, at least. But that, well, that's, the FFA screwed up. Seems unrealistic to me. I think I think even if they cap him once. In whatever, I think that should be plenty. It should be more than enough to tie him. Uh, but also, again, I I think he needs to be playing. I think he needs to be, in my opinion, a player that probably starts every other game for the national team because we don't we don't have a defensive midfielder. And I think someone has to step up and say like, no, we need this kid. We need a defensive midfielder. He's going to be it for us because he's clearly already talented enough to do it. Hopefully a full transfer, bro. Hopefully a full transfer does it. Yeah, if he does fully transfer to the APL, absolutely done, done and dusted. He'll play for uh, he'll play for the national team. I think you're gonna have a similar complaint for my second player, Tiknesian. I think Um, I don't think. Yeah, but I don't think he'll. um, I don't think he'll get called up in this window. Although I would like to see it because we have garbage left backs and. He's a very good yeah. left back. I watched his, um, I think it was the... Because uh, of his age, bro. Because yeah. of his age, one cup is enough. One minute, that yeah, would be one, enough. So I think as much as I want to see him in this window, I think waiting and, and I think having him join in either March for that game against Turkey or in, in, in June when we play Wales and, and Latvia, I think he's needed. We don't have a quality left back, and this guy could be our left back for the next decade. Um, and he's more than good enough. I've watched him play plenty of times. I watched him play the the under twenty one European Championship with Russia, and he was murdering. He was doing so good. Um, so for me, that's another player that I think is is very key. Uh, and a third player, one that I think is kind of obvious. And for me, I, I a player that should be there, uh, Kartashian. I know he. We talk about him a lot, obviously, and I think if we combine him uh, with Stiopo Mukherjee and we also have Haroyan and we have um, uh, Andre Chalashir, who is, of course, aging at this point. I don't know how many more campaigns he realistically has for Armenia, uh, considering how injury prone he is also. I think but, yeah, but I think it's 31. I would say two or three more. So I, I think having Kartashian be that fourth <laughs> center back in the depth chart have a healthy rotation between the four because I think any combination of those four together would be really, really good. And I think there are combinations that together would work better than others. I mean, you know, I think mm. so but we need more. We need exactly. Like, so like we I need think, more younger ones because they need to prepare because, because this, this yeah. euros, if it's not important for the FFA, it's really important to me. I like, because it, it's, it's, it's that break. It's that, uh, how, what's the word breakthrough? What is it? It, 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 it's the biggest opportunity for the breakthrough because more European teams qualify for the Euros, obviously. It's a European-only tournament, so there's the opportunity is there to finally break that 
that we have never qualified for a major tournament, you know, curse, you know? Yeah. The opportunity is there. And I think if you do not have four solid central defenders, you will not qualify, period. Um, mm. So, and I think we've seen that when you have, uh, you know, some of the morons that we've had come off the bench, you just think like, Jesus Christ, of course <laughs> we're not qualifying for anything. I mean, yeah, one of them I even saw live, and I, well, I was very surprised how he plays for the Armenian national team still, I mean, still plays. Um, but, but yeah, so and like, like we said, um, I think we'll see what happens. Uh, for, hopefully we have a lot more clarity by the time this episode comes out. Well, this episode mm-hmm. will be out on Wednesday or Tuesday, rather, which mm-hmm. will be a little, a little like it will be like eight days until the game comes out. So hopefully we know who the manager is. I don't know. Um, but uh, I only think the Galoyan is called, right? Called up only. Yeah, I think Armin, Armin, you had read that, right? That uh-huh. Galoyan is getting and Vahan. It's also concerning to me that players are getting called up without a manager. Yeah, this is this is is problematic. This is really problematic. I'm sure we'll know. How do you set up the tactics? Like, if the manager comes, like, how does he set up? Like, like doesn't he ask, who did you bring me? I'm sure there's going to be an interim manager if no one's appointed officially. We'll see. That would be even more concerning to me if no one. Yeah, it would be with yeah. No, it it's probably like, gonna be Edgar Manucharian that works for the FFA. Somebody like him, like uh, with that kind of profile, and an mm-hmm. interim manager. Yeah, but again, like th- this is the time that we need to see new players. We need to see, and we mm, need the management. Generation. We, I would okay. Just <laughs> the thing that makes it worse for me is that we're playing Turkey in the opening game, and I don't want to see a new manager's first game be arguably what yeah. what Armenians are going to see as the biggest game. There, That's the I one mean, that circled on the counter. Yeah. That's the game that Armenians The play. biggest name. We could lose every other fucking game. Literally. But as long as we win that uh, game. And, yeah, and I, think, dude, I think every Armenian has that mentality. So I yeah. would hate that to be the new manager's first game and not be able to implement their tactics prior to that or at least have an understanding of what the player pool looks like and of what this player pool can accomplish, you know, the system that the manager is trying to implement. And, and I would, I would be very scared if we were going into that Turkey game. Uh, Yeah. It wouldn't make sense uh, for, for a manager to, to not be decided and then pick, pick all the players. Like this, this international friendly is, is there for a reason to test our players, but who's going to, who's going to use the players? Who's going to, Test them out. It's a manager, so maybe they have chosen someone and he's talking to them. I don't know, but yeah, the I way cannot. it looks like it is weird. Yeah, I, I speculated that because of they didn't want to. I speculated that the FFA didn't want to announce a manager because they didn't want to take the attention off Punic, and I think that may have been the case. So I think Monday we we will know. Um, but anyway, in sum, uh, thank you for listening to Football Gantron's 50th episode, our two-year uh, anniversary episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, We've highlighted some of the, these issues with the national team, but we're going to go a lot more in-depth into it uh, before the friendlies. I think I think we should have an episode out before then. So, uh, or we'll, maybe we'll, after the friendlies, after we see everything. Yeah, or, or you know, if the new manager comes out, the squad list comes out, and it's interesting, we, we might hop yeah. on and do one. Uh, but yeah, anyway, we can analyze it. Thank you for listening, everyone. Two years in, we really, really appreciate it. Please like, share, all that jazz. Uh, is there anything left to say, guys? Happy birthday! Okay, <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, that's going to be it. Thank you for Thanks listening, everyone. Uh, yeah. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already, because we tweet a lot of good stuff. Uh, follow us on Instagram, because Chadens works really hard on it. Uh, and that's it. Uh, we'll see what happens. Thank you for listening, everyone. Goodbye.